Welcome to the Versatile Writer. This week I'd like to talk about procrastination. So what is procrastination? The dictionary defines it as the act of putting off or delaying something. Most of us know it as finding something else to do instead of the one thing you really need or want to do. We might put off mowing the lawn in favour of watching TV or put off work in favour of playing games. It happens. In a logical, ideal world, discipline would jump on us and we'd achieve everything we could possibly want to in the world every single day. However, we don't live in an ideal world and logic doesn't always sit well with us. Come to that, discipline often takes an unexpected day off too. Add a dose of hormones, emotions and feelings and... Again, it happens. It happens because we're all human beings and not robots. I'm going to delve into the topic this week by looking at my own situation, just to give this episode some context. It's likely, however, that by delving into my own situation, I may just highlight some areas that are extremely familiar in your own situation too. Let's hope so anyway. Generally, I'm a driven person who sets goals and goes about achieving them. And often I do. However, I'm also that person who occasionally sets unachievable goals or overly ambitious goals. Or I might even change the metaphorical goalposts along the way, probably just to challenge myself further. Sometimes I'm aware of doing this, but mostly I'm not. I generally discover this on reflection. I've talked in the past on radio and my podcast about how achieving is important to me. I even had a podcast on achievements. To summarise, I didn't do well at school, had a string of unfulfilling jobs and had pretty low self-esteem throughout most of my life. However, I've put a lot of time and effort into changing that by studying hard and graduating university earlier this year in my 50s. I realise regular listeners may well be thinking, geez, she's talking about this degree again. Yeah, I get it, but loads of people have them. They're not that special. Or you may be thinking something similar. Clearly, this is my inner voice, only too happy to put me down. And I'm aware I talk about my studies a lot. But that is because I'm proud of it. Also, because it only happened a few months ago and is still pretty fresh for me. Despite all this, graduating has hugely helped with my self-confidence. However, I've told many people that, after I graduated, I'd get back to publishing my stories, and for the most part, I have done that. I've focused on getting several stories finished. One has been edited, proofread, had beta readers organised to look over it, I've hired an editor to give it a final look, and hired a cover designer to do their bit too. I've put effort, time, money and love into my plans. And now? Now? Now, so close to the finishing line for one particular book, I'm procrastinating. It's November 2020 right now, and a few weeks ago I stated to other writers on a private social media platform that I intended to publish three books soon, and I will. When soon was, however, was not stated though. In my mind, it was likely to be in a few months, but soon can also be a year as well. One was fiction, one was non-fiction, and one was a story collection. Once I say things like this, 
I realise I'm putting myself out there to be held accountable because so often you hear writers saying these things and they've not actually written the book yet. Big names often do it by way of getting the marketing done, getting readers salivating for the next literary fix. So by way of holding myself accountable to others and myself, I checked on the preparedness of each of these books and discovered that one wasn't anywhere near as ready as I thought it was. So that was out of the running. The non-fiction is ready for the beta reader checks to be completed and a cover sourced and the novella is all but ready. And it's so close, yet I'm dragging my feet and procrastinating. I think I'm procrastinating because I'm scared of the publishing process. I love writing, but I'm not so in love with the publishing side of it all. I'm just not naturally tech-minded. I'm not in love also with the reaction it will likely get when it's out there. And then this is the thing, all the people who will find something wrong with it, even though it's been past so many pairs of eyes in its creation, Trade books are published with errors. Self-published books are too. We're all human. Sometimes we make mistakes. And that's life. But there's another thing. I've already published 10 books in fiction, non-fiction, and I've ghostwritten ones for private clients over the past 15 years. This isn't new to me. After my ninth and 10th books were published, both non-fiction, for several years I couldn't bring myself to publish again. I was paralysed with fear of hearing other people's reactions, not only over the content, but on the cover, if there was an error, if I'd forgotten something, if there was a mistake. It's almost like some people just look at your book purely and simply to find something wrong with it and it's soul-destroying. I do think this is the lot for the creative soul. It's also probable that we have to just buck up and get on with it. But at the end of the day, we're still people. Back then, we didn't have social media quite the way we do now, nor did we have book reviewers or influencers like we do now either. There's been a massive gap between my last book and the ones I want to publish soon, and I feel like that's noticeable. I feel like it's noticeable because during the time I was studying, six years, I didn't publish, and this was for three reasons. Firstly, because I was avoiding reactions of readers and reviewers. Secondly, because I was focusing on the studies. And thirdly, because independent publishing was still evolving. Then there's the people who have known me only during the time of me not publishing. I did the degree, I coach new writers, I run writing groups. Shouldn't I be publishing my new stuff so they can see what I preach? Sure, but it's terrifying. I feel like there's an expectation of me, not only from them, but of myself, to get it right first time. What if there's an error? What if there's a problem with the paper? What if the ebook doesn't download properly for them? What if it doesn't sell? What if it does sell? What if I can't write another like the reader wants? What if? What if? What if? And that's where the procrastination comes in. If I don't do it at all, no one can say anything, good or bad. But that's not healthy. As a writer, I need to write and create, and as a business person, I need to publish and sell. There is a part of me that knows that procrastination comes from being judged, being talked about in a negative way, being named and shamed for something, just anything sometimes, and that all plays havoc with my mental health. The fear and anxiety eats you up. 
Thankfully, nowadays, talking about this stuff is more likely viewed with compassion. The ones who don't, that is, the ones who view it as weakness, is a whole other show. So what does procrastination look like? For me, lately, it's looked like not opening emails, sometimes not even opening my laptop. It looks like not making corrections to pages and saving them, or even not being able to think straight. It means taking things down to their most basic level, taking a breath and starting again to build it all up from scratch. It can also look like physical symptoms manifesting within your body and lack of energy, motivation or sleep. It can also look like a day spent crying hopelessly. Recently I've even withdrawn from events I manage and community groups too, plus other things like presenting radio that I did for many years. But I can't withdraw from everything in life. So what can we do about it? I think one way to deal with it is to take a breath, ask for help and dive right in. But you've got to have people around you who you can trust with this. For me, it's my husband and daughter. On very rare occasions it might be another writer, but sadly over the past few years I've not had anyone I can talk to like that. Another way to ride through it is to realise that some of the things you're trying to achieve carry date-sensitive deadlines with them. For me, it's Christmas time, not only because of the gift aspect of it, but also because it's a natural cut-off point and everything feels so fresh in the new year, so it makes sense to start over on the 1st of January. Being the kind of person I am, I will sink my teeth into it and really go for it. But I would so much rather do that with a body fuelled with energy, not dragging my feet behind. Ultimately, procrastination is self-made. I suspect it might be a form of self-sabotage whereby the body or mind sees the thing as another challenge where the goalposts change so frequently that it's actually giving you a living, moving, breathing challenge to complete. However, that also means that you might not achieve the thing because, well, who can keep a check of those moving goalposts? Now the winter is virtually upon us and dark nights are here for many more weeks. The feeling of darkness rather than the brightness of the sunshine surrounds us and feeds into our procrastination. Personally, I'd rather view the darkness as cosy and not fearful. When the sun shines, I want to be outside drinking in as much vitamin D as I can, like a solar panel ready to yield the energy later on. The next few weeks may be a struggle for procrastinators, but knowing this might just be half the battle. Let's take a breath and achieve what we've set out to do and let's pretend nobody's watching until we know it's all perfect and by then they can watch all they like. Until then, thank you for listening to the Versatile Writer podcast.